You're now listening to the Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. This is where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. And this week's podcast is brought to you by HSS Hire. Stay cool this summer with fans, air conditioners and evaporative coolers, all thanks to your local hire specialists. I'm now joined in studio by Bernie English. Bernie, how are you getting on? I'm getting along very well, thank you, Keen. It's a, a bit of a change in the weather out there compared to last week, but uh, still warm enough, isn't it? It is, it yeah. is, and that's a, that's, that's, um, a weather change that will, will mean a lot to one lady, Elizabetha Joanna Pasinska, who uh, fought a battle to keep 21 solar panels on the roof of her home at Gouldevoher Estate in Duradoyle, and has she's been given the go-ahead in the appeals board to keep okay. all 21 panels when the council wanted her to get rid of most of them. And uh, what will this appeal mean to solar panels and installation in general? Well, I think it, it, it's a landmark case um, and it's, it's going to mean that local authorities around the country will have to rethink their policies on this, particularly uh, Limerick City and County Council will have to. It was, she was told to take, she, she built 21 solar panels, which she said basically took care of all of her household electricity. And you would think that would be something to be applauded in this time of concern about climate change and uh, energy costs. So, um, but no, Limerick City and County Council told her to get rid of half of them at least. And I think they, they, they originally told her to bring it back to seven, which of course is a huge cost to her personally. Um, and they seem to think that uh, th- what they said was that uh, the character of the estate of similar style of houses where the scale and extent of the panels would affect the townscape and cause visual disharmony and clutter. Now, translated, that means there's a bit of a glare off them. Yeah. And, you know, let's be fair now. You know, if there's going to be a glare off solar panels, there'll be a right good glare when we lose, when we entirely lose the ozone layer. <laughs> Everything will be glaring then, including the people. So, yeah, anyway, she, she, she fought on and she didn't accept it. And she brought the whole thing to onboard Planola, who said, yes, go ahead, keep your solar panels. And they, having done that, that opens the door for an awful lot of people to put more so- solar panels on their properties. So is uh, solar panels part of a planning permission process? Or, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And Limerick County Council and Limerick City and County Council have um, a cap currently on the number of solar panels that you can have per okay. square yeah. foot of roof, uh, which seems, you know... It, I'm a layperson, but it seems a little daft to me. Like, who cares what you put on the roof and who's <laughs> going to be upset by it? You know, we generally don't look at the roofs of houses or we're generally not flying over them. Maybe somebody in a drone mightn't like the look of it. But And this case cancels out that cap? It doesn't cancel out this cap, but it leaves it, the, it, leaves it open to be challenged. Okay. It means, obviously, that if she can have 21 solar panels, then you or I can go in and say, hey, we'd like 22 or we'd like 20 or whatever. And the cap of whatever it is per square metre really won't stand up anymore but well hopefully it leads to people investing in solar panels and it's to be hoped i mean we want we really want this kind of technology to be made accessible we don't need implement impediments put in the way of people who are actually trying to do the right thing environmentally and for their own pockets as well okay and then uh, over to a story about homelessness that you've in this week's paper as well bernie yes a mixture a mixture of um sad and 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 hopeful in this story it's emerged there are, there are now 265 adults homeless in Limerick. But in an effort to try and help those people, Borgosh Energy have um, extended their long-standing partnership with the homeless charity Focus Ireland. And they are sponsoring its annual fundraising initiative, Shine a Light, in which business leaders volunteer to sleep out for the night and get sponsorship. And this year, it's going to happen in King John's Castle, which Brilliant. will be really atmospheric. Excellent. 
Um, and people, employees of businesses can also do their bit. There's a, a, there's a way in which they, they, they can also raise funding and they're invited to sleep out in their offices for the night, which I imagine would lead to some very interesting parties. I think so. <laughs> um, homelessness is obviously a growing issue in Limerick. It is, like it that, is. That it's figure not, is astonishing, I think, isn't it? The 265 adults. That's adults, and so we don't know how many children are homeless in Limerick. We do know that last year, today China Light has raised over 4 million for people experiencing homelessness in Ireland. Um, and last year, that support enabled Focus Ireland to help more than 15,500 people, which is an extraordinary number of people. Quite extraordinary, too, that that many people needed actually needed help yeah. from Focus Ireland. That's a huge number when you think about it. And uh, that story and the other stories from Bernie English are in this week's Limerick Post. They newspaper. are indeed, Keen. And available on LimerickPost.ie. Bernie, thanks very much for joining Thank you, Keen. I'm now joined in studio by Head of News, Jerry Collison. Jerry, how are you getting on? Not too bad at all, Cian. Uh, there's a lovely story, a heartwarming story on the front page this week by David Raleigh. A, a man reunited with the man who saved his life 56 years later on. Yeah, that's a fantastic story. Um, it's got to do with, with two men. One, um, uh, Michael Downs, who is uh, visiting Limerick from New York, uh, over visiting his family. And um, the other fellow was 17-year-old Michal Mulcahy from Gary Owen. And uh, it transpired anyway that 56 years ago, in 1963, um, young Michal Mulcahy uh, got into difficulties in the Canal Bank, Cor Valley. And um, he was a gunner. He was, he was um, gone down under the water. He uh, was just drowning. He was, his lifeless body then was pulled from the canal by, um, by young Mulcahy at the time. So what happened was that um, young um, Downs, the, who was only uh, seven years of age at the time, went back to his grannies, uh, his Irish grannies. Um, he, he had managed to, to, to get up a lot of the water out of his lungs. Went home to the granny and never mentioned it. Um, meanwhile, um, young um, Mulcahy was left more or less to make his own way out of the canal <laughs> and uh, headed home. And that's where the story would have, would have stopped, um, were it not for the fact that... Um, Michael Downs's uh, mother died uh, a few months ago, and before she died, uh, she just suggested to her son that he should go back to Limerick and uh, thank the man, meet the man who had rescued him, and, and thank him. And that's what happened, and it made for a fantastic reunion um, in Michal Mulcahy's uh, home, and um, the rest, as to say, is, is history. They, they had a fantastic get-together, um, Mulcahy, when he met uh, Michael Downs, it said, uh, you know, that he hadn't changed a bit, <laughs> despite the fact that he was six years of age when he pulled him out of the when he pulled him out of the um, out of the canal, and uh, you know he was he was more or less modest enough about his achievements and said, sure, he was he was seventeen. Now the fact is he wasn't a great swimmer himself, but sure, he said, sure, at seventeen I'd have lifted St John's Cathedral for for you. <laughs> so you know, a lovely story. That's lovely. Uh, there's a video up online as well that David Raleigh sent in to us and uh, in it he says he was a good lump of a lad that uh, even though he was age seven, uh, Michal's sister was telling everyone that he was about 16 
Yeah, of course the Americans would have been well fed in those <laughs> days. <laughs> and then um, some more good news for Limerick and uh, ex Limerick Post journalist Kevin yeah. Barry. Yeah, we like to claim Kevin as one of our own. Kevin is from Ballinacurry Gardens. A lot of people would be familiar with him. Uh, some of his some of his novels have have two in particular have had uh, fairly significant success. Um, Beetlebone and City of Bahan. And City of Bahan won the International uh, Impact Dublin Literary Award and picked up the Runic Prize and the Goldsmith Prize for Literature. Uh, so Kevin wouldn't be any stranger to uh, literary success, but this one now is just taking it on to a new level. Uh, his last uh, book, Night Boat to Tangier, has, has got him included on the long list for the Booker Prize, which is, you know, that's the big one. You know, talk about Shane Lowry winning the, winning the British Open. This is on a par with it, you know, in, in, in literary terms. And it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Kevin, much the same way as Lowry, has never forgotten his roots, uh, sound Limerick man, and actually has used Limerick a lot as uh, material for his... Uh, for his writing, particularly in short stories. He really, really milks the can as far as Limerick is concerned, and fair play to him. I hope he manages to make it onto the shortlist. And when you hear the word longlist, it does sound like a lot, but there's only 12 other authors joining him there. That's right, and he's the only one from Ireland, and he's up against the likes of Salman Rushdie, if you remember, he was a, he was the victim of a fatwa for his, uh, for his book, and then uh, Margaret Atwood, who's absolutely one of the finest writers i think that that's been produced in the last 50 years at least so he's in very very exalted company but you know what he is right up there anyway you yeah. know he deserves his place there that's brilliant and the uh, best look to kevin from everyone here at the limerick post absolutely cherry thank you for joining me and all this week's news can be found in this week's limerick post newspaper or online at limerickpost.ie have a good day jerry you too ken this week's podcast is brought to you by HSS Hire. Stay cool this summer with fans, air conditioners, evaporative coolers from your local hire specialists. I'm now joined in studio by host of the Limerick Post Show, Megan Scully. Megan, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. How are you getting on? I'm good. I'm having a good week. Uh, I've been a little bit injured and I've been on crutches, but I'm getting there slowly but surely. Uh, I saw you doing a bit of a workout on the, the round towers up in King John's Castle there. Is yeah. That, that physio, physio <laughs> telling you to do that, was it? Well, I don't know if Fizzy will agree with that, but yeah, we were there for the Focus Ireland launch of Shine a Light Night. Um, basically, it's a sleep out that they're holding in October, and I chatted to Kate from Focus Ireland all about homelessness in, in Limerick City and County, and also about the event where they're encouraging loads of people to sign up and to help fundraise, because... So how does the event work? Well, you get you register with Focus Ireland on their website, and then you go there and you can raise money, and then you actually go there for the night into the castle, and you go sleep out so lovely so you bring your sleep bag and i think it's kind of to show people this is what homeless people go through on every single night of the week um so i suppose some people stay awake some people talk to each other some people fall asleep um depending i suppose it, it doesn't matter if you stay awake or fall asleep but it's just to I suppose highlight the issue of homelessness um but also raise much needed funds and uh, who was at the event was it a yeah, there was a the nice crowd was um, a lot of people from represent from King John's Castle, from Focus Ireland, and of course the Limerick hurling captain Declan Hannan was there as well, um, taking photos and uh, getting some video footage as well. And you were talking to Kate about the homelessness issue in Limerick. Yes, um, over thirty families at the moment are living in hotels and BBs across Limerick city and county, which is really scary to think. And a lot of them, of course, families means children. And what Kate was saying, like you know, it's very hard for children 
especially this time of year when it's summertime and school holidays and um, these kids aren't living in their neighborhood anymore so they're not around their friends and they can't go to summer camps like their friends do so they're missing out on like a lot of just regular childhood things that we all take for granted and you know this can have a detrimental effect on them in adulthood then living in hotels and B&B so the hope is to be able to um, house as many homeless people as possible and get them into their actual forever homes and um, so yeah it's great work that Focus Ireland do I've worked with them in the past and um, they're a great charity and organization and um, it's just such a pity to think that there's such a strong need for homeless charities yeah. but I guess that's unfortunately the way things are at the moment and uh, that interview was available on our social media yes a Limerick Post study forward slash show you'll find it there and across all our social media accounts Facebook uh, Instagram Twitter you can't miss it now when we were leaving King John's Castle you can see the stage set up in the courtyard for this weekend. Yes, very exciting. Hermitage Green played two nights in King John's Castle, supported by Ham Sandwich and Moxie. And uh, I'm heading along on Friday night because I ran into Neve from Ham Sandwich uh, last weekend at a gig in Galway. And uh, she uh, has invited my friends and I along to, uh, to go along and watch the gig. And not too long ago, we were lucky enough to do an interview. Yes, we were yeah. in King John's Castle as well. <laughs> so it was great. And we got to have a lovely session there. So if you do check back through our um, our YouTube or through our website, you'll find that interview. We might even live throw session. it back up on social media. I think for we people. should, you know. It's yeah, a good idea. I think we should yeah. because it was class. Their lads are lovely. And, you know, obviously Limerick's their hometown. So it's great for them. So yeah, it's a really exciting time at the moment. Um, and then as well, of course, the hurlings this weekend. Uh, Limerick Kilkenny All Ireland semi final. So we're hoping for uh, obviously another Limerick win there. Yeah. And uh, I think Limerick will have a lot of fun on Saturday night if they win and not only that Limerick Hurlers aren't the only one who are representing the county this weekend because I have to announce that Limerick Tag Rugby um, will be heading to regionals they'll be held in Galway this year so basically we are taking on other counties in Ireland that play tag rugby um, Is so it a mixed team or is it a Oh, well, I play on the ladies' open team. So okay. there'll be ladies' open, mixed open, um, mixed social and um, men's open as well. So loads of teams heading from Limerick to represent the the green. And we have lovely brand new jerseys, which I must show off. And uh, what happens is we're hoping, obviously, as ladies' open team to win um, the regionals out and be All-Ireland champions. And and then as a collective, if uh, more like if, if Limerick by the end of the day have won the most, Limerick will be the winning county overall as well. So it's a lot of pressure on us. But I say uh, us, um, I'm not sure yet if I can play because because of my foot but I am still determined to Miracles get on that can pitch. happen as they you've been saying happen. the last couple of days and yeah. I can be the super sub that they need and I'm really <laughs> hoping that'll happen um, I don't know how but I'm hoping my physio tomorrow will be able to sort me out brilliant best to look with that <laughs> I know uh, speaking of the Limerick Hurlers John Keogh will be in here shortly to talk to me about the upcoming game this Saturday but he's also joining you for the show this week. Yes, he's been pulled in on the podcast and he's been thrown on camera as well. So why not? We're going to... Uh, I, I know what a be, man. Yes, exactly. He's, he's great, so he is. Um, so I know you'll be talking probably mostly about um, hurling and this weekend. Oh, no, sorry, about all sports. And I'll be challenging mainly about hurling um, because it's going to be a little hurling special. Like we did for the quarterfinal as well. And hopefully it is not the last time we'll be talking to John Keogh, both of us, about hurling in Limerick. And uh, what else is coming up on this week's show? Also on this week's show, we have my friend, actually, from uh, May. But if, and like myself a dedicated Limerick person Connor Ward he's going to chat to us all about his brand new EP and he's going to perform for us as well uh, in a very nice location which shall be revealed when the video is out yeah, that's one to keep your ears peeled for and your eyes I suppose yeah I'm really yeah. excited for it now I love when we have music on the show as well because I think it always goes down very well
So uh, thanks very much for joining me, Megan. Thank you very um, much. Will and you be in Croker this weekend or up at the tag? No tag. I'll be playing yeah. for Limerick. My <laughs> own Limerick. My tag rugby Limerick. Hopefully I'll be playing. But if not, I will be there in Galway supporting. You still get to watch the game. All the guy. Oh, yeah. which game? The Hurling? Yeah, yeah, we will. We'll get back to Limerick um, on Saturday night. So I'm hoping that there'll be a lot of celebrations on Saturday night all around for all sports. So uh, yeah, I think it'll be a fun place to be on Saturday night. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'd say if you're, if you're not from Limerick, I'd be coming to Limerick for the weekend. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So uh, Megan, where can people find the show? Limerickpost.ie forward slash show is where you'll find all the full shows and the, the bite-sized bits and all the interviews and everything that you need. Every Friday. Every single Friday is the full show, but then during the week, we, we throw out more videos Trips as well. Drabs, yeah. Yes, there's loads there, yeah. so there is. Megan, thanks very much and have a good weekend and best of luck with the tag and hopefully you're leg heels and, and one final thing so the mayor of Limerick is asking everyone in Limerick to turn green for the Limerick hurlers and I'm also going to put an addition to that and say and the Limerick tag rugby team yeah. so please let's all go green so I've on a, a bit of a green shirt here you anyway. do so I have a head start on everyone the only green thing I have now is my eyes but that, that, that's good enough <laughs> best of luck Megan <laughs> thanks remember this week's podcast is brought to you by HSS Hire stay cool this summer with fans air conditioners and evaporative coolers from your local hire specialists I'm now joined in studio by Sporting Limerick journalist, John Keogh. John, how are you? I'll go Keogh now. Yeah, sure, look. Uh, nice weekend of sport just gone. We were just chatting about the golf there. Yeah, busy, busy weekend gone. Busier one coming up, I think, for yourself anyway. It's Yeah, well, last week was, every week's busy, Keogh. There's always something on. Um, look, it's all about Limerick and Kilkenny, you know. Yeah. It's, it's all Ireland semi-final weekend. We'll probably talk about the... Wexford Tipperary game briefly in a while, but it all comes down to Saturday evening in Croke Park for both. We the touched senior. on it last week when we were talking about the chances that Limerick have, and they have to be favourites going into this game. Yeah, they'll they'll be favourites going into the game, but that doesn't really doesn't mean anything yeah. anymore. I mean, they're, they're they're playing a Kilkenny team that blitzed Cork. We're unlucky against Wexford. We're Wexford. unlucky against Wexford. Look, they've unearthed a few more players. Hugh Lawler being one in the, in the defence Adrian Mullen being another in the forwards an excellent club season with Ballyhale Shamrocks as well on their way to winning a club All-Ireland it's, it's look it's All-Ireland semi-final all that matters in All-Ireland all semi-final day is winning is getting to the final then look what happens in the final happens in the final it's it's going to be a big big challenge for Limerick you know uh, yeah rightly they're probably favourites going into it they're All-Ireland champions what they did to Tipperary in the Munster final was seriously impressive but You'd be wary of Brian Cody and the Cats. You'd, you'd have to be, you know. There's still still a hell of a lot of players there that have about five, six all-earning medals. You know, Callum Fennelly being one who's really hit form again recently. But it's all set up, as Kieran Carey says in this week's paper, it's all set up to be a cracker. I think this might be one of the best games of the season just because these are two teams that will go out and play hurling. Yeah, they'll, they'll go out and give it everything. There'll be physicality, there'll be hits, there'll be fouls, there'll be probably a few dirty strokes gotten away with it, but there'll be skill. I mean, like you, you couldn't not watch Limerick in the last year and be impressed with everything they do when, when everything clicks. They're a very impressive team. But Kilkenny have always been that danger. That day. You give Kilkenny a whiff or a sniff of anything, even now, even though it's nowhere near as good as the team, but that one five or six all Ireland's, you know, eight, nine years ago, like or a bit longer than that. They're not as good as that, but you give them a chance and they will take it. Cork showed, they showed that against Cork. They, they Cork did brilliantly to battle up TJ Reid, held them scoreless from play. But did Walter Walsh coming on, did Adrian Mullen, did Colin Finley, did Richie Hogan back to form. So that's five, that's five forwards I've just pretty much mentioned there, rattled off. With the likes of Joe Donnelly coming on, Billy Ryan, they've all these young lads waiting to take their chance as well. So... 
the only thing is if we're looking at the game like you know Kilkenny's full back line is there for the take and you'd argue will they do everything to shore that up before the Limerick game given that Patrick Horgan scored 310 off them in the semi-final I'd imagine they'll have something in plan or in place for Limerick but as I say every time Limerick are involved in the game if Limerick play to their potential there's no one that will beat them well looking at the Limerick team so and tip that's two of the best defences hmm. in the championship so how will Kilkenny stack up against Limerick's defence do you think yeah it's the interesting one Is I'll go back to Patrick Horgan and Alan Cadigan in the semi-final the two of them were in the full forward line for Cork and it caused on total damage like, like yeah. Cadigan got four or five points from play as well as well as Horgan getting the 310 you know okay that was Cork's biggest problem was that's all that performed on the day for them I don't see okay number one I see Limerick's full forward line being arguably better than that on their day yeah. and they've been very impressive certainly against Tipperary you know Aaron Glam was kind of bottled up Tipperary moved Brendan Marr to mark him sure just opened up for Peter Casey to score one exactly. five from play Graham Mulcahy has been very consistent this year again following up from excellent form last year they've Pat Ryan to come in Seamus Flanagan to come in if needs be Shane Dowling can play in the full forward line there's other players to come in for Limerick in the full forward line where Cork was kind of rigid and stuck to that everyone talks about Limerick's panel like, but we'll, we'll get we we'll may go back to that but for me I don't see the six Limerick forwards not performing if you know what I mean yeah. I, I see them Limerick's half forward line if they get going you've Tom Morrissey who goes non-stop for 70 like to me he's just a freak of, a, of an athlete and then we were interviewing him the other day and you're just looking at him like they're just going easy playing the centre in rugby like there's no bother to him like he's just a serious serious athlete Gerard Hegarty the same Kyle Hayes is six foot six foot six foot seven in full stride he's unstoppable like so I mean you know that that's six forwards eight nine forwards I've mentioned of Limerick that will more than likely play some part and you know you're looking at that going do Kilkenny have enough in reserve no matter who to throw out if they throw out like the Tommy Walsh and JJ Delaney in their heyday, they may struggle with this group of Limerick yeah. forwards. So I think I think Limerick are going to target that. Kilkenny will cause issues up front. They always do in any game they play. But I just see. I, I'll go back and say it again. I I just see with Limerick, if Limerick play well, play at their highest highest levels, they showed that in the Munster final. They showed it against Clare in the Munster round robin. They showed it down against Waterford, albeit against the Waterford team completely underperforming. They showed it all last year, coming back in games in the league games against Galway and Clare, and in the league semi final against Tipperary, bringing the game to extra time, and they were far behind. They've shown it time and time again in the last eighteen months. Shown it this year, obviously with a monster win and the league win. If Limerick play well, I'll say it again. If Limerick play to their fullest potential, I don't see any team, not alone Kilkenny, I don't see any team beating them. Are on their day, yeah. Uh, going to that media night on Monday, the event, uh, what, what was John Coyley's view on the game coming up? Yeah, he was just, he, he made one very, plenty of interesting points as he always does, but he was he was asked about like Limerick being All-Ireland champions, does that have hold any sway going into this game? He says, we don't feel like All-Ireland champions. That was last year. New season. Like Limerick very much, hard as it is to believe, up until... I, I, not that that it was forgotten after the game but I think up until Boston where they had something else to focus on when they went over to the Fenway Classic I think after that Limerick stopped being honoured in Champions yeah. okay there was still a lot of enjoyment to be done and things to be celebrated but they, they, they came back after Boston played a couple of rounds of the Munster League okay we weren't too pushed about that maybe but second league started like I mean Limerick just, well, you can tell a lot about a team 
with the effort they put in in the mm. league and you could tell Limerick wanted to win the Limerick, league Limerick are hungry to win everything yeah. to win every they, they have a group of players they see themselves of, I think anyway see themselves of, as having a window that okay if everything goes well for us we're going to be in the shake up to win everything every year now of course that's not going to happen every year you're yeah. not Unless they do something like Kilkenny, <laughs> which which I which people are talking about that already, which is ridiculous talk. But you just you're you're just wondering like that's and it, it was in a very interesting point for me highlighting. No, we're not. We don't look at ourselves as all Ireland champions. It's always about the next challenge for Limerick. Yeah. They had a, they had basically a week off after the Munster final, then the three weeks into the into this into this semi final. You know that they've worked extremely hard. There's been fairly intense. A versus B games or games between the squad. Richie McCarthy is back to full fitness now. Another body available for selection who's a very experienced player and, of course, a cult hero with the crowds. He's back, you know. They're just... It's all positivity again, but all married effect with the huge test on on Saturday evening in Croke Park. But it, it goes back to something that John Kiley said last year, for me anyway, that... Limerick at the start of the year, his first year in charge, they played two games, lost to Clare and Munster, lost to Kilkenny in the All-Ireland series. And they played other games, but that, that was effectively it, the last yeah. to Kilkenny. So he at the start of the year, he, he was kind of laughed at last year in, in some ways when he said this. is, We went into that season planning to be September All-Ireland final. That, that, and we're looking at him, oh, that's madness. Or what's the point of us? That's, that's his. So Limerick, very much this year, Having as great as everything was last year, other Limerick teams in the past maybe still celebrating it. Like, and I don't mean that in any negative way. I'm just saying reality. It was 45 years. Yeah. They went and uh, okay, that, as great as it was, we're planning again to be in Crow Park in August. And that's the, that you, means you all can't really again. rest on what you've done last year. You can't because the players know so like there there is no dominating team at the moment. Limerick yeah. have the potential to be that team. They're they have a very young profile age profile in the squad. The oldest player is Nicky Quaid. I think he's 30, 31 this year. Graham Mulcahy, the same. And maybe Richie McCarthy's 32. Tom Condon. They're the oldest players in the squad. But the rest of the lads are in... Okay, they're hitting mid-20s now. Another four or five years at their top levels. Maybe more, maybe not, the way things go with games. They just see it, I, I, I think, without saying it too much, they see it as an opportunity to win things. Now, some people may construe that as arrogance. I don't think it's arrogance. I think it's confidence in their own ability. Confidence... In what the in what has been in their game plan that Paul Kinnerk is putting together and in, in everything that John Kiley does and all the background, they're confident that when they go out onto the field, all they have to do is perform. Yeah. And that's what it's all geared towards. So when Limerick are at that, and we we've seen that in a couple of times this year, we've seen it all to all the way through the league. We saw it in the league final against Waterford. And we saw it certainly in the games of the championship against Waterford, Clare and then Tipperary in the Munster final. Now the caveat with all of that is when Limerick don't perform at their highest, it's it's poor. I mean, they showed it against Cork this year in a very abject performance. The same against Tipperary and Thurles, albeit resting three players and Declan Hannon being injured. So you have, Kilkenny will will hope that Limerick have a bad day. And I think if they do, Kilkenny are in with a right chance in the game. And I, I know they're forgetting about last season and all, but... How important was the victory over Kilkenny last season coming into this match? I think, think it, the fact that it was Limerick's first win over Kilkenny in the championship since 1973, okay, it wasn't a big deal for this team, but it certainly, as Tom Morrissey said, it gave them, like he was being asked about defining moments, or was the win over Kilkenny defined? He, he said there was a lot of moments, but the win over Kilkenny 
a team that had won so much over the last decade yeah. and 15, 20 years, one of the big, big teams that Limerick hadn't really done. That, okay, they'd, they'd, they'd drawn with Cork at that stage last year. They'd, they'd beaten temporarily, they'd lost to Clare and whatever else, but beaten Tipperary or beaten Kilkenny in a knockout game. And Richie Hogan's goal four or five minutes from time looked to be, oh, Kilkenny have us again. Kind of This Limerick team didn't think that. that won the next, Tom Marcy actually himself won the next ball, put it over the bar. Limerick were back on track again immediately. You know, so I, I, I think anyway it was a defining moment. I'd say they do too because it was a knockout, a big knockout win and put Kilkenny and look realistically should Kilkenny the game should have been over at half time performance for the ages by Kilkenny keeper on Murphy albeit Limerick missing goal chances that should have been scored as well so I think it was a defining moment and Limerick have that and they also have a very good performance in the bank in Nolan Park in the league this year where it, it almost to me and a lot of other people as well said this after the game they kind of out Kilkenny to Kilkenny yeah in the sense that there was four or five minutes before half time and Limerick scored two goals and a few points and the game was over. You know, that's just put there was a couple of points in it, nip and tuck the whole bit of half. Limerick did that. Almost Kilkenny in their pomp, exactly what Kilkenny used to do to teams, and the game was over. And that that was it with Limerick that day. So but does any of that mean anything on Saturday? No, it doesn't. No. It doesn't. It's it's a Kilkenny team going into the game as underdogs. Now, when was the last time you said any Kilkenny team was going into <laughs> any game against Limerick as an underdog? It certainly probably wasn't the case last year. Limerick yeah. had just come off finishing third in Munster. They'd beaten Carlo quite comfortably in a quarter-final playoff and gone into the quarter-final. So, look, it, it has all the makings of being, being a very, very entertaining game, but all the meanings or the makings as well have been a very tight game. I would ask your prediction, but I think Limerick from the yeah, chat, yeah. exactly. There's no point. <laughs> I'm not going to bet against Limerick <laughs> at this stage. No, and, and, and it doesn't come from Argus. It's just watching these players... Yeah. Over the last couple, starting with 2015 when they won the under 21s from nowhere, they won an under 21 All Ireland. Okay, they had very good players underage coming through. We knew about the likes of Keane Lynch. We knew about the likes of, well, Aaron Glenn even came late, but we knew there was a good quality of players coming on after the likes of Declan Hannon, Shane Dowling. They went and won an All Ireland. And then it's come from there, but it's, it's, it's not arrogance, it's just these lads are so good. And they're so used to winning. And, and that's and the big, that's the the big. they're used to yeah. winning from under 14 up. When yeah. Joe Quaid had them as under 14 year olds, they won the Tony Forrest. And the, so, or was it Tony, the under 15s, the one not the Tony Forrest. But look, that, that's it. So I, I just think, I think it has the potential to be a great game. I really do believe that. But if Limerick played their best, I just I'll still come back to that. And I always will. If they played their very best, I said it last year before they all learned, no team will get close to them. Brilliant. And then uh, over to the minors. Yeah, they're, they're up against Kilkenny as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's similar. It's, a very, it's the exact should same. Should be some crowd of broker on Saturday. There should be. The only problem is the times it's are a bit it's off. It's a Saturday. It, it, it's, it's a Saturday, yeah. Like my career in the Limerick County Board Secretary was saying, expecting about sixty to 65,000. Yeah. I think there might be a bit more than that, but the fact that it is a Saturday, who knows? Limerick will travel in their droves. Kilkenny will as well. The fact that they're the two teams... Are involved in the minor, the same two teams are involved in the minor may add a few more or it might take away a few more, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, the minors are out again um, against Kilkenny. Great win over Clare in the Munster final, unbe- unbeaten run in the Munster to get to the Munster final, which was better than what the senior team managed. Like they did two draws and two wins, yeah. and they've got better with every game that they, they've they really have. I was talking to Dermot Mullins only yesterday, the, the Limerick minor manager, and like he's been very happy with the way the way. The way They've gone about their business this year. He he sees it very much as as how great it is to win things, fine. 
but it's all about development of the players for higher levels going forward development as people which is very important when you're hitting lads now the minor age has, has changed from 18 to 17 the last two seasons you know and it's about developing these lads for senior and under 20 and things going forward he sees that as his role that was very much his remit when he came into the job at the start of the year but you're in an all-learning semi-final now you want to win it there's talk well, we know for one player in particular is definitely out is Dermot Hegarty. He's been kind of started the first few games, was coming back into form for his club according to Dermot as well. Um, Dermot Mullins, that is. But Dermot did his cruciate ligament injury, uh, did a cruciate ligament injury in one of his club games in between the Munster final and the semi final. So he's the last. Michael Keane, the, the team's captain as well, who's missed the last two games, isn't probably going to make it for Saturday as well. So he's another big loss. So two big players. Mm-hmm. Limerick lost to Kenny at the qu- uh, quarter-final preliminary stage last year. Um, same man in charge of Kilkenny, Richie Mulroney, and a few of the same players. But they've played each other a couple of times in challenge games earlier on in the year. Um, by all accounts, very close games. But minor team that have been very good this year. and getting I better think any game. team that makes it this far in the competition deserves to be there. And 100%. Be oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When, maybe not Galway. Yeah. They've played... Kilkenny, they're, they're in no provincial, unlike their under twenty team yeah, yeah, yeah. and senior team, they're in no provincial. That has to that has to change. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous that a team gets to prime for quarter, two quarter final and preliminary game, semi final and final. Look, and the, the, the proof is in the pudding. Galway have been there thereabouts for a long, long time at these age groups. Would they be in the same? If they had to go through the same competition as the rest, they very well may be. They've they've produced brilliant minor and under twenty one yeah. teams over the years, but. That's another story. But yeah, all four teams that are left in the stage are of a fairly similar level, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Wexford, who beat Kilkenny in the Leinster final, Galway and Limerick, and obviously Kilkenny as well. So yeah, but Limerick, look, they'll be going into it confident and hopefully going into it relaxed. Especially on the back of the Munster. Uh, you know. Look, a brilliant Munster campaign. Yeah. They got to the Munster final last year and were beaten soundly by a Tipperary team, then lost to both Galway and Kilkenny. As well, it'd it. be very easy for a team that age to panic after having two draws and feeling you need to go out and win mm. yeah but their performance yeah. levels just kept getting better yeah. I mean, they, they'd, they beat Tipperary like the, the victory over Tipperary but the, okay, it, was, it wasn't the best Tipperary team around they beat Clare as well before that a fairly talented Clare team that ran Kilkenny very close last weekend so they, they, they have every reason to be full of confidence you know in Cahill O'Neill look everyone keeps talking about Cahill O'Neill being the star well he is you know yeah. Like there's people talking about he could slip into the senior panel next year. I don't I don't subscribe to that. Now the lads in transition year in school, hitting into fifth year, you know, hold on a second. As talented as a player he is and he looks Give to him be time to develop and yeah, we, we've a habit of of these kind of things in, in Limerick, the Great White Hope. Like and at the moment we've a fair enough panel as it is, so there's no rush to bring anyone through before they're ready. But he he's been very good. Like I said, Colin Cochran's been very good in defence as well. Two players that also played played last year. That um Adam English from Dune, very impressive in the forwards as well. Some of the Limerick's forward play, Aidan O'Connor from Bally Brown, taking off scores now from ridiculously good angles. They're a very talented and skillful team. So hopefully they can perform as well on, on Saturday. That game is on at four o'clock, the senior game is on at six. So if you're getting to Croke Park, get there early and stay away from the bug. <laughs> and uh, to follow all the hurling this weekend, you can follow on Sport and Limerick's social media. Yeah, we've interviews gone up, yeah. videos gone up with Tom Morrissey, Nicky Quaid, uh, John Kiley from the presser the other night. We've audio from Kilkenny. We've audio from Limerick Minor Manager. We've Kieran Carey's weekly podcast is on online now. It'll be in, his article will be in the post 
Thursday. If you want to, anything to do with Limerick, Limerick v Kilkenny, yeah. head lower to Limerick Post and support Limerick this weekend. Brilliant. And then uh, over to the soccer, John. Over to the soccer, Keen. From all that positivity and hope <laughs> and all this wondrous things that are going on with Limerick GA and Limerick Hurling in general. Um, we'll talk. We'll actually get back to the Camogie and ladies football first. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead. Camogie team lost to Kilkenny last week. That's not a good omen. No, Kilkenny were strong favourites. Fairly heavy defeat, yeah. but they are in a quarter final. We were final. saying they were favourites. Kilkenny are a serious, show, serious yeah. team. Limerick, Limerick getting to their first quarter final since 2005 at senior level. Huge achievement in itself, beating Offaly and Wexford has has put them through to face Tipperary, which will be a more even game, you'd imagine. That's set for August the 3rd, I think it is, in Semple Stadium, part of a doubleheader of quarterfinals. Um, and I think Galway and Clare in the other one. I could be wrong in that, Galway. Galway are in the other one anyway, because Kilkenny finished off the Limerick's group. But it's, you know, it, it's it's great for them to be in that. Um, that will be televised in RTE as well. And just, you know, it's a huge, huge thing to get. Yeah. Fair play to RT as well. And fair play to TG Carr for their coverage of these games. TG Carr for the ladies football party are trying to do more of the Camogie as well. TG has always been outstanding. I looked at the show another 20s game last yeah. night. The under 20 Munster hurling final. Another epic game between Tip and Cork. Last second goal won it for Tip. But and the ladies, and, and the flip side, ladies football had a... So we're up and down. and had a very... Um, it was a 2-8 to 9 point defeat. Which leaves them perilously... Mm. In relegation trouble, effectively. But this was going to be a tough year for them. It was. They've yeah. just come up from junior level and they've struggled. They've, they've struggled. They didn't get out. Their, their big aim this year was to get out of Division 4 in the league. Lost to Fermanagh in in the semi-final of the league, a game they led comfortably at one stage. Um, and you were saying last week scheduling didn't really help them out either. No, players, same thing last weekend. Yeah, well. but, but, but the Camogie players had three players yeah. that were supposed to be playing ladies football. So that's happened two weeks running now that... A, the Camogie team couldn't have these players for the Galway game. Yeah. You can't ask players to play two high-level games like that in two days. No. And this week with the Camogie team playing on the Saturday, and to be fair to Declan Nash, the Camogie manager, and John Ryan, the football manager, they are liaising together, liaising together with this. They're working together to help each other out, basically, rather that the girls aren't being forced to choose. It's We have them one week, we have them the next week if there's a clash. But it's nice that the managers can do that, but it's a pity that pity the two, two boards can't do the, exactly, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, look, it's a huge problem. It keeps coming up every year. It's something that has to be started. But the problem now, like the ladies footballers are out again this weekend. They're up in Sligo, another tough game. Lose that, they're in a relegation final. So hopefully they can pull one out of the fire against Sligo. But they're coming up against teams that, that are of a higher level, higher yeah. level than they're used to, certainly. So hopefully they can pull that off. Best of luck to them. And now uh, we look at the soccer. Yeah, back to the soccer, back to... To Limerick FC, um, yeah, look, the Drogheda game was, was, was a funny one, you know, the Limerick had been so good at home, and for 55 minutes, they were by far the better team Yeah, against Drogheda. That's I'm, been the story with a lot of Limerick games this year, right? At, at home, they've been the better team, yeah. but in every game I've seen anyway, bar maybe one. But Bray was probably... Bray was probably, they, were, they got lucky, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there were one, it could have been three or four up, Drogheda didn't really create a huge amount. The first half, and you know, Kieran Hanlon had a chance. Fifty-three minutes, I think it was, to go two 0 up, and then missed it. Good save, clean through and goal. Yeah. The keeper made a save with his legs, and then it just, on that things turned. Drahada equalised, and then for the last half hour, Limerick just weren't in it. It's a few games now that they've had without Connor Ellis. How much of a loss is that? 
Conor Ellis is a huge loss, but but I think the bigger issue goes back to players' wages. It, 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 everything does go back yeah. to players' wages because these players aren't training; they're not full time. But they don't have any professional players. No, left. they're they're, no. they're not. So they're all amateurs. So they're training when they can. It's not a case of them being professional and training three, four times a week. Yeah, they're so 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 naturally the the fitness levels aren't going to be where they need to be because you have to be constantly. So I'm not having a pop at the players on that. They can't. They've no. jobs. Yeah. No not their main focus in life it can't be so it, it does come back to that but in the last 20 minutes Drogheda brought on a few young lads from their under 19s and they ran Limerick ragged it was very evident there that Drogheda had, ever, had plenty left in the tank and Limerick didn't now maybe I'm wrong maybe it's not that maybe it's not the yeah. issue maybe there are other issues maybe Drogheda just but Limerick looked a very tired team in the last 20 minutes they were pushing to try and get goals and were leaving themselves wide open at the back and yeah Conor Ellis has been a big loss Every player they've lost has been a big loss. Yeah. You know, the, the, the team is so. The, the back four of Sean Kelly, Robbie Williams, Killian Bruder, and Shane Tracy had been unbelievably solid with Jack Brady behind them. Had been unbelievably solid all season. Take Killian Bruder out of that. Clyde O'Connell went back centre half. He's a guy who's put Limerick ahead three minutes. That was his third or fourth game back from junior soccer, from playing with regional. You know, can't be expecting him. And he played very well, yeah. you know, but he, he later on gave away a penalty. That they, they put Strada three one up, but they're not gonna penalty fifty fifty call in my eyes. But you know, you're you're asking guys that are just can't be ready for this level of football yet to come in from junior soccer. And that's all Limerick have a transfer embargo. Even if they didn't have any money, if they did have money, they couldn't bring players in unless they're amateur players. So look, it it, it, it keeps going down the same road we talk about every week, Ian, that something has to happen with the club. And Tommy's right rightly asking, there was over just over three hundred people there again. Tommy Barrett's rightly asking, do we want senior soccer in Limerick City? You know, I think I, I think there's definitely a market for it. And I, I, I do believe that there's a, there's a core of people still coming to support the club. But but the floating supporter, even when there isn't a Limerick FC game or even if there isn't anything else on this weekend or whatever weekend they're playing again Friday night, they won't go. Yeah, because and I sure look that 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 place is a joke. Mm. You know that the owner hasn't a clue like yeah. this, that and the other. Yeah, I think the fans that are still going believe the same thing. They're willing to support the team. And I, I think it's gone to a stage you're now. You're supporting the players more You're than supporting the players and you're supporting the management and you're supporting the idea rather than the, the actual running of the club. Yeah. So, you, you know, I understand the frustration. Of course you do. Because, I mean, it's there for all to see. You're losing your best players. But there's a seriously committed group of lads there that have been brilliant. I mean, brilliant to be in fifth position in this league. There's teams below Limerick that have a way better budget and aren't coming within an ass's roar of what Limerick have done so far this season. Absolutely, the Drogheda result looks poor. The true story of the game wasn't that. Yeah. Like the true, the defeat to Shelburne, their last home game before that, the truth, the truth wasn't in that performance either. So, yes, Conor Ellis, Killian Bruder, Will Fitzgerald, look, I hadn't played this year, but is a loss. You know, Colin Walsh, Lachlan, another young lad who, who's starting to perform more and more, he's a loss. Every player that Limerick have lost in the last eight months, is an issue like we were you, saying. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's a very real issue. Okay, like you'd 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 more lads on the bench again on at the weekend. One lad I hadn't heard of. Yeah, I hadn't seen. I, I aware of some of the lads coming through, and that's just more of my problem than anyone else. But I'm just saying they're not recognisable names. They're all young lads. Yeah, coming back into the system of Limerick FC, and that makes Tommy Barr's job very difficult. But Tommy's doing a superb job. We've mentioned that several times here. You know, he's getting the absolute best, if not more, out of these lads. And and 
you know, they, they have to be applauded, these Limerick players. They deserve the support. They, yeah. absolutely, this, this is what I'm getting. They, they deserve the support. You may have issues with the way the club has been run. You absolutely have every right to have issues with the way the club has been run and what's going on. There is no investment coming in. There's just no talk of it anymore. What, what happens down the road is, is anyone's guess at this stage. But you've 11 players on the field starting who are given absolutely everything. For that, for that team, for the supporters as well, and for the Limerick City and County. They deserve support. And anyone who listens to this, I implore them to try and get down to the markets field this you'll Friday. You'll see a good game. You'll see. You'll be entertained. You will be entertained. You will, even if, you're, if you're, you're... You're going to come up with the guys who are giving their absolute everything yeah. for the cause. And what more can you ask for? That's it. And uh, we'll finish on a positive note on the golf on the weekend. Massive Positive no, yeah. Well, look, we were talking last week, and and we were talking who's going to do this and who's going to do that. I don't think Shane Lowry kind didn't of pop up. I don't didn't pop up. Know. He should have popped up. Of course, of course, he should have popped up yeah. given the links course it was. One man who did pop up though was Rory McIlroy. <laughs> Your tip for the Open, if I remember correctly, Keen. Uh, that's an incorrect. I think. Not. not? Yeah. Uh, that's an incorrect prediction, is it? <laughs> I think we so. move past that. <laughs> you, you definitely said he was in with a chance. The first hole. <laughs> Made sure that Rory, Rory's major or open chances were gone. On a serious note, though. I probably have to delete last week's one. Yeah, you'll have to delete <laughs> just in case. No, to be fair, it, it was actually a very hard watch. Yeah. That Rory McIlroy, to see that happen on the first round was, was actually anyone who was any bit of... Um, bit of like, we were talking before this, mm. and I mentioned I was never a massive McIlroy yeah, fan, and yeah. I even felt bad for him. Yeah, yeah I, I think you have to... Anyone who has any kind of heart in empathy. life had yeah. to have empathy is the word I was looking for yeah <laughs> would have had to have felt very well it's all set up for Rory to do well it's his whole course he had the whole record has the course record in Shane Lowry has the 63 the championship tournament record but Rory has the course record of 61 he knows that course like the back of his hand it's ridiculous how well he knows that course and to do that on the first hole I yeah. know he said nerves and everything else but he, it's severe we, we talked last week about Nyla Carroll's article on the re- refocus triggers and he, he mentioned Padraig Harrington about and and anyone who wants can, can listen back or read back on that article but he knew that that hole so so well played it god knows how many times over his life and to produce that on that hole definitely to me it wasn't a golf fail it was a mental fail yeah. completely utterly mental. Uh, no he said himself he always is nervous on the first hole of every to every tournament and every as, would be. Was, as anyone would be anyone <laughs> is us amateur very very amateur golfers go up and if there's about two or two or if three there's people, one person looking at there's me. one person watching you even it's if not people I've on their own with, yeah that's you know? it and, and and you do you yeah. say, oh god okay, I don't want this to go wrong and that's just reality that's natural but I just it was just so bad that first hole and he didn't help matters on the 16th with, with not taking a proper put by not, by not addressing the putt properly and just oh, I'll flick this in and see what happens and funnily enough what's the one that comes back to haunt him on the Saturday when he puts in a ridiculous round but he's one shot off making yeah. the cut and now you, you come back you'd get over the ninth hole you get over the 18 or the first hole and you get over the 18th hole that, that to me on 16 just said again another mental failure so to me yeah people are saying Rory's playing very well this year he's play, he has played some brilliant tournaments this year and it's played very well at different times. But in golf, you're looking for consistency. And to me, it was a mental failure more than an actual golfing failure for Rory. But forget about that. Yeah. Move on past that quickly. Or, or awfully men or made the other their end new of the major. Scale, at the yeah. Very, very. Three rounds below 70. It was a phenomenal performance. And as good as the 63 was and as good as the, 
the two four under power war on Thursday and Friday, what he did on Sunday with all that pressure, and we've seen Michelle now yeah. in a winning position in the US Open a couple of years ago, and it just went, just lost it. And, went and all there was down. a point there where someone was almost nipping at his heels, you know. Yeah, Tommy Fleetwood was up on his back, but to me, the key for Shane Lowry, and look, he said it himself, we were talking before the podcast started, before we started recording, that he was saying he was he was like an excited kid the whole way through <laughs> and talking to his caddy he admitted this afterwards it was just he's just so honest as well yeah. there's no you know what's going on with Shane Lowry every time he, op- he talks him online. walking up the 18th I think put a smile on everyone I, 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 was, I was nearly in tears watching yeah. it like it was brilliant it was just because to me it got a harp smacked like 10 years ago Shane Lowry won the Irish Open as an amateur you know and you're, there was no money in it for him you're, you were just hoping you were so delighted for him then I just want, jeez, I hope he's a good career on the back yeah, of this. And yeah. you're just like, oh, he won the Open. And you don't want 10 years' time going doing an article or someone doing an article going, where's Shane Lowry now? The guy who won the Irish Open as an amateur. Well, where he is now, he's won the, <laughs> the British Open, the Open Championship, as a, as a and 1.6 million, million pounds or euros yeah. in the bank more. But look, it's not about that. It's about, it's purely about him dreaming growing up. And on the Irish got for obvious because it's a local major, the British Open, you know, you dream about the hole that put to win it. Okay, he had a very, very sharp putt to make sure of it. But you just could not but be happy for him. Like, he was just... But that that's the one over power round on Sunday in all them conditions, but everything there. And he's a very, very nervy first hole, as, as you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. Nervy first hole, he was putting for bogey. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not putting for a quadruple bogey like Rory was the first day. But he, he held a seven or eight footer or nine footer or whatever it was for bogey. Jeez, it was a great putt, like it yeah. really, and it's just for me, <laughs> forever about him. He was probably unsettled my nerves anyway <laughs> watching it, and he he just he just exuded confidence. But he had a run there, and he got a couple of birdies, and he got up to seventeen, eighteen, and you're going, and you're watching every other player. Brooks Brooks Kopke had four over, was four over after five holes or something. It, it just was going, and these are the guys who were challenging him, and the only person that was hanging around was his playing partner Tommy Fleetwood, who was. Birdie and one here, but then Tommy had a couple of bad holes. Yeah. And then I think Shane admitted after it was the 14th hole. Now, he'd had two bogeys going into the 14th. I think he, he bogeyed the 14th, but he said it was only the 14th. He looked up to the scoreboard and kind of said, geez, no one's really challenging me here. Like, I have this. You know, and that 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 must be a huge rush of confidence. I should have played out the last few holes without any... I was, look, it was just great. There were the scenes as well. Yeah. <laughs> you love the, that, that'll go down though. Him running up the 18th <laughs> and the crowds coming in. I think there was a guy who was in a River Plate jersey or a Canadian <laughs> hockey jersey. I don't know. He had a, a white jersey, anyway, red on it. And he had a brand new Is he coming running over to you? He's getting a bit close to Shane. And all of a sudden, the stewards kind of belonging to go under the rope. I, just iconic moments. Yeah. Iconic the reception he got going up to the 18th. And ah, look, it was just. And we've seen the scenes since the scenes last exactly, night in Clara. Yeah. It's just. It's fantastic. It does harp back to Padraig Harrington. It was great for me. It was what was wonderful to see. Graham McDowell had been interviewing. Graham McDowell has had a resurgence in the last few months of his great, great golf career, which has been fantastic to yeah. see as well. And he had to go through qualifying school to even play at the course. And now that is his home course as well. Like, but he he had to go to Hardwick to get into the Open this year, and you'd just be delighted for him. But he was waiting, and he was interviewed at the end of his. Said, Look, he got some reception going up the 18th. Said, Look, this has been amazing for me. I just hope I'm here at the 18 to, to welcome in Shane. And he was there, and Padraig Harrington was there, and Ronan Flood, Harrington's caddy. I think he met Brooks then as well. And Brooks Cup kept yeah. waiting for him by the scoring, by, by the scorer, right, right, which, yeah. which is fantastic to see as well. All that thing, I I, I personally love that. You know, that your fellow pros are there, your mates it are there. It shows how much they knew it meant to him as well. Yeah, it does. Like, and and how like, much 
he gets along with everyone. Yeah, he, he like, liked. To me, that's it. To me, Lower, one lower, best thing Lowry said for me after it and reading all the articles, said it, he said it, him and Patrick Harrington and McDowell, he said, have been very good to him. So to see them there, because he was kind of in 2009, Harrington had won his three majors at that stage, was still one of the world's top golfers. McDowell was coming through as a serious golfer as well at that stage, obviously Rory as well. But he said that he was in Harrington's house one day one, after one of the, <laughs> like it's years later, Harrington is one of the replica op- open the claret jugs on his um on his kitchen table, something like that. And Lowry was just, whatever they were talking about, Lowry was just concentrating the claret <laughs> jugs. Jeez, I'd love one of them on my kitchen table as well, kind of a thing. And just a simple story like that. And he's, he's just so open and honest, like yeah. you, you know what's going on with him. And, and just like, to, to, to me, he's, he, he has one now and he's just talking about, look, you know, I have one now we'll concentrate on this, but I think he certainly has the potential. You've won one. This is what Harrington said. And Harrington was always a deep thinker anyway, more than anyone else and still is. He said, Jesus, I've won one, but I want to win another one. I want to be one of these guys. Multiple major winner and being introduced as multiple major winner. I'd say Lowry will be on the same. Yeah, you've got to the zenith now. You've won one. Yeah. Well, he has 27 chances. To as he open. said himself, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's exempt now in the Open Championship till he's, he's 60. 60. Yeah. So he's 32 now. So he's a, he's a fair old crack. He's up to number 17 in the world as well, which is a big, Brilliant. big thing for him as Excellent. well. So, yeah, nothing but happiness for Shane Lowry. So for all your sport news, you can head over to sportinglimerick.com or limerickpost.e or following the hashtag SportLK across all social media channels. And uh, keep, an, keep your eyes peeled across those social media channels for videos, podcasts, and much, much more across the weekend. John, thanks very much for joining me. More than welcome, Ken. And enjoy your weekend. You too. So this week's podcast is brought to you by HSS Hire. Stay cool this summer with fans, air conditioners, and evaporative coolers from your local hire specialists. I'm now joined by this week's Rose Rush, Megan McInerney Brosnan. <laughs> Megan, how are you? I'm great, Keen. How are you? Not too bad. Um, you're covering for Rose this week in, on the podcast yep. duties. Um, big boots to fill. Yes, very big boots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's happening in the arse this week? Uh, well, this week, uh, Rose was writing about all the Irish Chamber of Orchestra. Uh, they were getting ready to prepare for their autumn winter season. Um, Brett Dean is returning to Limerick to kick off the season um, on Friday, September 13th in St. Mary's Cathedral. Um, he's going to be playing or conducting Mozart, Dean and um, Moller. And there'll, he'll only have one other performance nationwide in Drogheda on October 24th. So it's worth checking him out if he's only yes, in, exactly. in the town for a, a little bit. Yeah. And that seems to be the biggest story of the week. As she also attended uh, Angela's Ashes, which... In uh, the Lime Tree, yeah, I believe. It's getting rave reviews. Rave reviews, and even in the office here, has been a big talk from everyone. There's been people in Tuesday, Monday, and everything, and yeah, saying exactly. you should get to this show. It's so, I mean, else. while it's still going on, be sure to check it out. Exactly, I think this is the final weekend of it coming up as well. Yeah, so, exactly. for all this arts news, you can check out page 82 of this week's Limerick Post newspaper or visit online at limerickpost.ie exactly so thank you Ken. Megan thank you for filling in for Rose I know it was a brief one but it has to be done you know exactly enjoy the rest of your day you too so that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup I'm your host Keen Reinhardt I'd like to thank journalist Bernie English head of news Jerry Collison host of the Limerick Post show Megan Scully and Megan McInerney Brosnan for joining me on this week's show as well as John Keogh from Sporting Limerick this week's podcast is brought to you in association with HSS Hire. Stay cool this summer with fans, air conditioners, evaporative coolers from your local hire specialists.
For all Limerick news, visit limerickpost.ie where you'll find more news, sports, art, entertainment and much, much more. You can also keep up to date with Limerick News by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all social media channels. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and we are Keeping Limerick Posted.